All right, everybody. Uh, this is going to be one of the more wilderest episodes I think I've done. And um, this one kind of really hit, it really hit me the significance of what we're going to talk about here uh, on the spot in the moment when I thought I stumbled upon something and then confirmed it. If you could see the thumbnail, once again, you'll see that uh, I am asserting that more liberals know what Democrats and the intelligence community did to Donald Trump and his associates and the people who voted for him. Uh, the democracy thing that they're all crying about that's being attacked, that they're accusing of being attacked. Um, so what I did was I, I, I realized what two options there were that explain could explain what happened because it's pretty bizarre and you'll see it and I hope I hope I can relay all of this in such a way that uh, people can you know kind of understand it may be a bit abstract at first especially if you are not uh, so savvy on the social media networks so what happened was and I'll provide you some some setup uh, I, I I use Twitter now I actually reopened a Twitter account a bit a while back, hoping that it would, you know, help spread and inform and let people know that this podcast is, exists. So when I I was shocked by something that uh, uh, an outlier, something that doesn't happen, some a beast you don't find in nature. So I wanted to test that to see if it was just a one-off or if it's actually, you know, something designed in. And you'll see in a moment. So I wanted to test the um, that saying, your enemy accuses you of doing that which the enemy himself is doing. And social media platforms recently, they're perverting the conversation about the power they have over, you know, taking away speech from some. Uh, and they've been accusing uh, the pl variety of platforms of empowering conservative speech too much. But of course, that's right after they said all conservative speech is conspiracy and uh, socialist or, or enemy combatant speech, which is utterly ridiculous. Um, and the first part of the test was to kind of track and understand typical responses to posts on Twitter. The other, the goal of this. Uh, the other aim was to find something that that presented itself as the outlier, and I found it. That's that's the important thing. Um, if you're familiar with Twitter, you know the platform of ca is capable of doing just about anything to amplify or silence voices. You know, first of all, the platform itself will place you in a category based on accounts, the types of accounts that you follow. It provides admins and volunteers. Uh, Obama's people were given tools to manipulate uh, back in the day, 2007-2008. It provides admins and volunteers with tools to see uh, as well the people you post who are like you. So they're adding some granularity to the digital understanding of, of one's leanings, you know, their affiliations and such. Um, and the actions that Twitter will take on perceived enemies, uh, you know, moderates and conservatives, whatever. Uh, the most obvious one there is reducing or completely removing your visibility. Nobody ever sees what you type in, which, uh, you know, so you're basically yelling in the dark. There are conservative voices on Twitter who get 
1,000th the exposure as liberal voices. And you can test this by looking at the accounts themselves and the types of responses they get. Uh, a liberal anarchist account can receive 500 or 1,000 likes with zero retweets. In other words, what they typed gets widely disseminated across the platform, across around the globe. Uh, and they only have three or four followers. So there's something up there. Conservative, a very prominent conservative or libertarian, uh, their posts typically uh, when their sessions are getting hot and there's a lot of impressions and they're reaching out and they're, they're being seen by a lot of people, they'll delay those posts for 12 to 24 hours, uh, especially when the subject, the topic, is something that's time-sensitive, something that's going on. And delaying deployment is pretty easy. Their system can hold back any content with changing keywords based on what's going on, like Congress meets in one hour to discuss, blah, blah, blah. Twitter takes the wind out of the sails of conservative conversations by reducing visibility between like-minded peers. And what they'll do is they'll actually promote your submissions to the enemy HQ, basically. It's like you've been dropped off behind enemy lines. So basically you're ambushed and only the people they want to try to mock or ridicule you see your posts. So you don't have anybody saying, hey, uh, I've seen, I was there as well, I saw it too, whatever it is. So you have no support. You're left uh, without provisions in enemy territory. Uh, other silencing strategies, um, Twitter will unfollow your friends at night or when you're offline, whenever you're offline, and insert a bot in its place. Some of them are those hilarious porn bots where uh, several years ago I went through and tried to see how this was happening. And it would actually have the same pictures for, you know, 20 or 30. And they're scantily clad women with augmented breasts and such. And why are they there? You have no idea. You're, 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 they're following you, and you're not following them. But your friends are gone. Um, so they do that so your numbers, your follower numbers, don't change and cause you to take some kind of notice or take action. You can catch this when another friend of yours retweets the person that the system unfollowed on your behalf. And you'll notice you involuntarily defollow that individual and, uh, you know, you'll notice you're not following them there. So, um, it's, and it's happened a few times. Uh, it's happened to accounts held by two people I know in the real world and it's happened repeatedly. You can refollow and then a day or two or a week later they're gone again. Um, I don't know exactly why they have to do that if they can control who sees what, you know, down to the nuts and bolts and everything. And I don't want to get too down into the weeds on all this, but what I did was when I found something peculiar, the outlier that I spoke of, I repeated the procedure nine more times with identical results. The it, So it's not a fluke, it's not a one-off. And I encourage people, uh, anybody on the platform, to test this for themselves. Um... Consider every controversial post you make. And uh, typically within 24 hours, uh, a band of wandering minstrels, liberals, will attack, begin attacking your claim. And that's what everybody does, and it's normal. Anything that harms or uh, jeopardizes our beliefs is meant to be eradicated. And the closer the topic is to someone's heart, more likely the more acerbic the responses will be. I've watched people provide mainstream links to back their claims, 
Uh, of course, the credibility of that link is challenged. And then the person can provide another source. And again, it's challenged and so on and so on. But typically, uh, if a conservative provides four or five liberal-leaning, left-leaning uh, rags and a few, you know, more credible sources, the uh, liberals typically just pack up and move on. They, they aim for easier, less informed targets, less prepared targets. Uh, and, and then what happened was, and this is, this is what we're on here, I posted the mother of all pieces of hard evidence in modern American politics, uh, and I got crickets. I mean, not just one or two little smart-ass comments. Literally, zero responses that you would have expected. Because this was a very lively thread. That's not organically possible. You can't post the most controversial piece of hard evidence on Twitter 10 times and have elicit zero responses from an enraged group. Uh, what I'm referring to are John Brennan's handwritten notes that I, as far as I recall, if I recall correctly, the, uh, they're, they're in custody, they're available to everybody. John Brennan's handwritten notes were acquired by the Senate Intelligence Committee. Uh, and there, I'm talking about, of course, the notes that indicate John. We, we spoke about this in four or five episodes. I'm sorry to hear it. You don't feel like it, but somebody might need to hear it. John Brennan had notes that uh, indicated that Jake Sullivan, the man who is now our National Security Director for uh, Slosif Bryben, uh, devised the Russia hoax in June of 2016 to bring help Hillary's. Uh, flagging and drooping support because of the entire national security debacle that people want to call butter emails. Uh, Hillary Clinton approved Jake Sullivan's plan, which is kind of regurgitation of a story that somebody tried to pull on uh, Senator McCain back in 2007. So Hillary approved it. John Brennan was in, uh, notified, and he briefed Barack Obama on the plan. Now, at this point, uh, we don't know if, if President Obama spoke or added any comments or suggestions or signed off on anything. We don't know that. We do know that he was briefed, so he was aware. Um, and what happened with Brennan? Uh, you know how John Brennan was. He's been cornered, caught in lies, and his tactic is what basically what we're going through with the whole country. John Brennan becomes aggressive and confrontational, uh, and then he screeches of that his activities weren't illegal, which in my mind implies that his work on, in the Obama administration had been authorized or signed off upon. So in this kind of deliberate confrontation that he engages in works in a pacifist society because those of us who've seen the truth, done some homework, spent the extra time that people, some people refuse to do, um, seen the documents, or heard the recordings, watched the videos, um, we know that there's nothing really in your decision tree that you can do because the, that tree's been poisoned. You're left without peaceful options to respond with. And this is a tactic that I feel, again, You've heard me say it. I think it ramps up hostilities. At some point, this is gonna—it's gonna hit a boiling point. Um, and I asked the question many episodes ago: 
are they trying to by doing this for five years four years draw out the most observant among us I think you're trying to draw us off sides the most vocal uh, willing to call bull for what it is it, this is all bull and that's the setup and now either we have a hive mind no-go that people know what happened and they're ordered not to engage because that just will draw more attention to the issue to the debate uh, clearly not desirable when you want something to just go away uh, particularly the work of the intelligence community who I think may have been drawn in deeper than they ever intended to be drawn in so um, again we have the notes they're in his handwriting they were in his possession and he's never contested the authenticity ever and that's what he's done in the past it's a kind of a pattern of his so it's like it's when I brought it up the first time it was like raid bug spray liberals instantly dispersed and went silent in the in that thread uh, and it's not natural like I said without some form of speech control so were liberal posts themselves muted by the system by you know whatever algorithms whatever traps or catchers they put in place or, or are they every bit as cognizant of the seditious conspiracy against Trump and his associates whether you like Trump or not what we have is a weaponized federal government so who else will they do this to maybe somebody completely moderate next time uh, what we have is a Democrat party that should have been punished and set back and had you know to regain some trust actually make out like bandits in this transaction that's where I get a little bit upset can you tell hear my voice so Twitter doesn't want attention drawn to and I'm sure Facebook does some similar things I've been mostly absent on Facebook I get on there I do a guerrilla attack and I kind of leave people don't like it some people do um, I haven't been pulled off yet though so if Twitter doesn't want the attention about this who knew about the Russia hoax debate their algorithms were flawless ten times in a row they're preventing me from seeing the frothy uh, frothy head in the sand liberal comments the only other explanation is like I said it's just about everyone affiliated with them close enough they're digital volunteers they had three and a half million of them at one point all those people know what happened and it's this is all about following marching orders don't engage because that fire can get out of control and we don't want that what's really scary is to think that Twitter employees set up the system to trap the message that I sent ten times to keep their own faithful socialists from seeing it I don't know I think they'd follow them into the, the fifth plane of hell at this point but it's also equally scary to think that your neighbor knows what happened and what's been happening over the last five years the, the hell that they brought about and all of this was completely avoidable pretty bizarre uh, but I like I said I encourage people to put similar tests out there if you say something controversial that's actually does have some evidence might not be enough you know to meet the threshold for some people you could actually have a video of Hillary Clinton eating children and say never happened that's what they're trained to do um, and some level you can't you know you can't blame them for trying to keep their dream alive the problem is it's actually a nightmare so 
Give it a try, folks. Let me know how it's going. Check out that comment section. Am I so controversial that nobody's commented yet? <laughs> Take care, everybody. God bless.